The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. episode 117 we've got a banger this guest is absolutely delightful and so gracious to come on this show and discuss something that is here to stay bros brand members realm network enthusiasts and that's cryptocurrency we've all heard about bitcoin or ethereum or xrp but do you really know what it means And I think a lot of people are intimidated or scared or they don't want to look stupid by asking ignorant questions. That's why you got me. I am happy to ask the dumbest questions that I possibly can come up with. If it's in my brain and it's floating around, I want to ask because maybe maybe you have the same questions. Or maybe uh, it's something that you've just always wanted to know, didn't know who to ask. We've got two experts on today, joined late by one due to technical difficulties, my cousin who's doing very, very well in the cryptocurrency space. And then at the bottom, Mark Phillips. You want to check this out, listen to what he has to say. And if you've ever wanted to get into cryptocurrency, this is a very, very important Goldie's Closet because it's it's basically like uh, Bitcoin for, for blondes or crypto for, for dipshits like me. Listen to what this guy has to say. He, it's cut and dried, everybody. It is so simple on right there at the bottom. You can go to Uphold. It's an app. Use his link. You'll get a referral. He'll get a referral. That was like my way of getting him on here. So please, if you're interested in getting your feet wet, use his link because, because we have people come on here and give up their time. And he gave like over an hour of his time with some very, very, very valuable information. So without further ado, I, I want to bring on a very gracious, humble man. Uh, who is an authority in cryptocurrency, who's doing quite well, who is blessing us with all of his knowledge and his experience and his wisdom. Without further ado, Realm Network, please give a warm Realm. Without further ado, Realm Network, please give a warm welcome to our guest, Mr. Mark Phillips. Usually we bring everybody in and it's Goldie's Closet. It's episode 117. Everybody, Realm Network, we want to thank you for joining us. And uh, everyone on Russo's brand, you know that I love you, patrons absolutely love you as much as I love bringing you sports entertainment and wrestling every week and, and rock and rollers and all of the entertainment. Uh, I'm going to start segueing more into health and wellness because you all need it. I'm tired of seeing you complaining that you don't have a date and I'm here to tell you why. So we're going to work on that. And then part of being attractive to the opposite sex bros, part of being attractive and a huge, a huge part of it is is just your whole health when it comes to financial health and wealth. And this is a space that that I know a lot about. I've lost a lot. I've gained a lot. I've lost it. Hit rock bottom. And I wish that I would have gotten into investing earlier. I wish that I would have known about cryptocurrency. And this is something I'm going to be transparent with you all. This is something that's new to me. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I've definitely got some great advice from some friends that I trust, family members, and then this amazing guy today. And I'm going to make sure that I've got Mark Phillips's uphold link 
right out of the gate, I want people to check you out, follow you on Twitter. And in Mark, it's so important, even though this is not like your, your full-time gig and you're just here to help out. I want any trickle down because this stuff lives forever. And I want people to have that link. Don't ever leave uphold because we just want to always make sure that, that they come to you first. So I am waiting for our third guest to come around. Who knows? Maybe he's on the turlet. I don't know, but we will, we will get rolling. And that's another thing that's important is to get rolling and to not be afraid of things. Mark, why are so many people so terrified of cryptocurrency? Because when I said that I was going to have you on or that I'm interested in getting into this this world, people went ape shit on me. Oh, why is that? Um, well, there's a lot of reactions to it. First, let me say thanks for having me on the show. Huge fan. Happy to be here. Um, I'm not an expert on this. And the reason is nobody's an expert on this. There are a lot of people who know a heck of a lot more than I do, but nobody knows it all because it's a space that's growing so quickly. Um, so is it growing quickly? Because oh my god, I, there was a there was there's a person that I know. I, I he's he's a a colleague. We'll call him a colleague, mm-hmm. and his name is David Fuchs, and he uh, wrote, produced, uh, shot a movie called uh, what's it called? Bitcoin. It was. Trying to think of what the name of it is. It's the one with the little rabbit guy. I mean, it was out like maybe four <laughs> years ago. You had to have seen it. And I remember being at his house and him saying, "Like I've got this movie coming out," and he was running around his home, panicking because he was about to lose millions of dollars. And I, I couldn't understand why. And I guess he lost his uh, passcode to a chain, or I don't know what it was. But this has been around. Cryptocurrency has been around for how many years now, Mark? Yeah, probably about 2013 is when it really started really started to blow up. And and by blow up I mean blow up sort of on the fringe. Okay. So your coder, your coding community, cryptographers, uh, folks like that um, were the really bleeding edge of this. And that was like the 2012, 2013, 2014. But it really blew up in the fall of 2017. And that's really? when okay. yeah, that's when uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas of 2017, um, Bitcoin just took a skyrocket and and hit $20,000. And that, of course, made headlines, got everybody's attention. All of a sudden, everybody's sitting there thinking, oh, man, I got to get part of that. And so money just starts pouring in. When you I- fast forward to now, some three years later, couple, couple, yeah, three years later, um, it's an entirely different world. And so there are many more projects. There's a heck of a lot more development. A lot more big companies are, are going into this space and a lot more governments are going into this space. In fact, if you look at the total market, the market cap, the market cap for cryptocurrencies overall is now sitting around $2.3 trillion. That's, that's $2.3 million million it's a huge number and that's still early that's that's the beauty of this is as fast as it's growing it's still in the early days so if you ever heard somebody say something like and this is going to sound like a total shill right but something like man i wish i could have gotten some amazon stock when oh Bezos was still in his garage or yeah. i wish i could have gotten in on apple when 
when Jobs and Wozniak were still working out of their garage. This is that kind of opportunity. So if you think about how the internet changed the world, this is going to change the world like that, but multiplied. So you, you think you mentioned government, and I want to bookmark what you were saying. Yeah. You mentioned government. The government is getting into this, and under my understanding, and this is Bitcoin for blondes or cryptocurrency for idiots. I, I always thought that the government would be terrified of being a part of this because then they couldn't control the money anymore. Um, well, that's an astute observation because they love control. You know they do. Um, and if they can't control it, or even if they can't control it, they definitely want to tax it, right? So. The governments have a vested interest in this, but they also have a vested interest because um, they're printing money, they're handling money, uh, and when you go do a cash transaction, it's pretty much anonymous. Nobody knows what you bought, and if you know if, if I sold you something and you paid me cash, is there any tax that goes along with that? Nope. So the government's not getting a piece of that either. But if you have tr uh, transactions that are on the blockchain, they're available to any government to see, which means they can be regulated and they can be taxed, which is what governments really like, is the control and the, the ability to tap into it from a tax perspective. Um, so, and, and there's another piece to it as well. And the reality is more than 80 governments around the world are now developing their own, I'll use it, there, there are many acronyms in this. Um, CBDC, it's a central bank digital currency. So if you think about the U.S. Federal Reserve, what they call the Fed, that's who actually makes our money. But every, every country has their own version of the Fed, and they print their, their coins and their, their dollar bills. Well, now they're looking at ways that they can really quickly move into digital money. So there's a digital dollar project. Uh, and you have the same thing in countries all around the world. China has already rolled out the digital yuan. They're already doing it. Wow. Um, of course they are. Baham, yeah, of course they are, which puts a little pressure on the U.S. and, and the rest of the West uh, to, to not get left behind. Um, if you think of, back about the, the uh, video cassette wars or mm -hmm. videotape wars, and the, you know, beta versus VHS – VHS won, not because it was a better technology, but just because it was first to market and grabbed the biggest market share. So there really is a race to the finish line here. That's um, a really interesting comparison, and I never did – you never know why – because if you think about it, Beta was a smaller uh, media, It wasn't it? It was quite smaller. It was smaller, and it had better quality video and audio. Uh, so you, know, you would think that, that, that that would be the winner. But the reality was whoever becomes the standard because they've gotten so much of the market share, that's it. You probably have a similar thing happening right now with uh, uh, electric cars. You know, so Tesla is not only rolling out their cars, but they're also rolling out charging stations. So when you go to the shopping center or the mall, you'll see the charging stations there. Whoever has the lock on, on the standard for, you know, what does the plug-in look like, you know? Who, how many, how much electricity is it transferring and how do you connect? If you don't have the right connections, um, you can't charge your car. So whoever's first to that and gets the, you know, send a certain amount of market share basically owns the market. They own the technology and then 
they might allow other companies to manufacture to those standards for a fee, right? So it's all about the money. Um, you have the same thing going on with commercial banks. You have the same thing going on with everything all the way down to uh, people selling things on eBay. Uh, those are going to be paid for with digital currency soon. Um, Uber drivers. Wouldn't it be great if you're driving an Uber and you're getting streaming payments as you're driving people around? So as soon as somebody gets out of the car, you, that money hits your wallet, your digital wallet. Instead of having to wait for a week or a month or whatever their payment cycle is. Interesting. I'm still it, back at it, the beta. It will, it will transform. Here's the, this is the reality. This is why it's so exciting. It is going to transform everything. So if you think about back in the old dial-up days of the internet, mm-hmm. you couldn't buy anything. There was no such thing as social media. You sure couldn't have your own video channel. Um, Nobody even predicted, uh, you know, those of us who were using it had no idea what was coming. We had no idea about Google and Amazon and Facebook and, and YouTube and so forth. And here we are. And in what feels like a blink of an eye, mm-hmm. this is going to be at least as transformational. So if you think about how the Internet changed how we move information, what's coming is how we move value and some of the things that still blow my mind are things like if you're buying a house you have to go through all kinds of real estate agents and lawyers and title searches and one it's expensive it's slow it's a big old pain in the butt what if you could buy your house and the house is already listed on the blockchain and so you don't have to do a title search because it's already in the system You don't have to um, spend a bunch of money on lawyers and real estate agents necessarily um, because the services have been automated. And and when when I transfer my money to you, there's a smart contract on the blockchain. There's a smart contract that automatically transfers the title to me. And it happens like that. And it happens basically for free. That's just one example. Another example is if I wanted to buy an apartment building because I wanted to have some rental income, um, having money and not having to work, get up and, and go to a job every day is probably a pretty attractive thing for people. I can't afford to go buy an apartment building. But if I got 10 or 50 or 100 of my friends and we went in together to buy an apartment building and we put it in a smart contract on the blockchain, then every month as the tenants pay, and then the costs go out for maintenance and, and utilities and things like that. The smart contract then takes what's left and automatically deposits um, the profits to each of our each of our accounts without anybody doing anything. That's amazing. And so those are just a couple of examples of how transformative cryptocurrency and blockchain really is going to be. It's it, it it's mind blowing when you stop to think about where it can go. What's what's mind-blowing is a lot of the people listening are, are huge supporters of uh, people in sports entertainment. And uh, as you know, we took, a, we took a real shitty dive over the last year and a half for independent contractors and uh, entertainers. One of the things is a lot of professional wrestlers. Stand by. We have our guests still trying to get in. <laughs> Sorry for the technical. I'm going to kick your ass. 
A lot of these wrestlers have wives and girlfriends who support them, okay? And let me just tell you, what everybody did in 2020, the end of 2020, 2021, is they did one of two things, Mark. That is, they either got a really successful OnlyFans site, not me, to each his own, <laughs> or guys included, or they become realtors. And when mm-hmm. I hear you saying this, it's so easy to panic because for me, everybody said, oh, we'll just pivot. And I'm like, well, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars honing in my craft. I had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of dates on the books. I had invested not hundreds, but thousands of dollars in the last two years on getting those dates and going to different fair exposés and conferences and this and that. I had all of this stuff going and they're saying, well, just pivot, just do something else. And I literally saw probably 90% of the people, like I said, either only fans doing porn or they're going into real estate. And I hear this and I'm just like, so what are all these realtors going to do? And if it looked like I was distracted for a second, I was pulling up another person that I, um, that we interviewed on the Los Angeles Tribune's live stream. As I have a column there, we do a lot of really great uh, leadership streams and symposiums. Jeff Hoffman, who was the founder, I, I believe it was Travelocity. It was either Expedia and Travelocity. And, you know, he got on there and he talked about coming uh, to, to just this huge event for, uh, for, you know, for bookers and mm-hmm. for booking agents. And he said, like, like he was just afraid, like they invited him to like lynch him. And, you know, he was trying to, can you imagine like you're up in front of all of these travel agents and, and basically once, once Expedia, Travelocity, Priceline, it's like they basically kind of are extinct except for your upper echelon of, of people that they don't want to deal with all of that stuff and they want that in all inclusive trip or anything like that. And I just wonder, like, in your opinion, what are the realtors going to do when everything is on the blockchain then? Um, How will they I don't do know. It? I, I don't know. Um, I'm not a realtor. Um, I don't even play one on TV. But what I can tell you is this technology, like a lot of other technologies, is disruptive. So if you're on the on the disrupted end of that and you see this thing coming at you, along with that, so if you think about it as a coin, on the one side is disruption. The other side's opportunity. Y- yes. Right. So if I was a realtor I, and I knew this was coming, I would be finding out as much as I could about blockchain, cryptocurrencies, smart blockchain? contracts. Mark, okay. what is blockchain? And then I, right. I, I, I want to find out why you sent me. I, I kind of go in and out. Pardon me. I'm blonde and I'm a chick. But we're going to ask that question. What, what, is, what is blockchain? What is, what is this? And then I do, after you complete that thought, I do want to go to your story and who the hell you are and like why you sent me all these amazing pictures and what can you talk about, about where where you come from and what your story is? Because I know you get on and talk about cryptocurrency and, and all of this stuff, but I think it's valuable to tell your story as well. So before I'd we get be to that, to. What, 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 is, what is blockchain? What is this? Okay. So here's the... So you ask, why do people hate this so much? Yes, it's complicated. One of the reasons is it's threatening to people. And it's not Tiger you know? King. And it, no, I'm sorry? <laughs> and it's not Tiger King. And it's not, oh God, yeah, it's not Tiger King. Um, but it's also really complicated or can be really complicated. If you start diving down the rabbit hole, it gets, it gets so, it goes so deep that it can get overwhelming real quick. But so I'll give it to you uh, as for the blonde sort of, version, I, as simply as I can. And and here's the thing: 
I've had this same discussion with my parents who were my dad's 80, my mom's 78, with my mother-in-law, with my sisters, with my kids, um, with everybody at work. And, and the reason is I don't want – and now I sound like a shill, but this is, this is really passionate. I, I really believe this. I don't want somebody several years down the road to look back at me and say – somebody I care about to look back at me and say, you knew about this and you didn't tell me? Aww. So I don't want that to happen. And you know I don't what? want them to miss out. I don't want people miss. I don't want people to miss out either. We're going to bookmark all of my two thoughts because let me tell you, I'm a multitasker. <laughs> Look at the link that first off, go follow Mark. The link for his um, it's Uphold. His Uphold app. This isn't guys. It's an app. I got on there a little while ago. I made eighty seven dollars in six hours. Uh, we'll talk about later on, you know, dive in a little deeper into what I'm in- investing in. I'm happy to be transparent and, and let you know what I'm being taught. Uh, this is like the stock market, meaning I made a bunch of money one day and then the next day it went, went down and the next day it went up and the next day it went down. And if you are going to get into this, you can listen to Mark cause he knows a hell of a lot more than, than I do, or you can listen to me. Okay. And here's what I'm going to say. We don't think I see it. I see you all week in and week out when I'm touring, whether we're playing at a venue with alcohol or you're at the venue after a pay-per-view for wrestling. I see you guys piss 50, 100, 150 or $200 a night just on drinks. That's not even including buying other people's stuff. I see the junk food and all the shit and bullshit that you eat. I see the God knows what, the hookers and the strippers and all the other things that people spend money on. Why is it so easy to go ahead and not, you're not getting any ROI off of that. Maybe you are, but you're probably getting a gift that keeps on giving. You're getting you something. Are, you're going to get something. People think nothing about tossing away money like that or going to Vegas and easy spend two to five grand, having a good time, whatever. Like, why is it so hard to take 500 or $1,000? Go to Mark's link, take 20 bucks, take $50, take a dollar. Go to Mark's link, try the app. Know that you're going to just piss some money away, but you won't, especially if you listen to what this guy has to say. Like, I don't understand why it's so hard for people when I see the money getting pissed away on the dumbest stuff ever when, like you said, this is here to stay. You don't want to have had somebody at a later time, you know, and I think about those guys in Zuckerberg's apartment and weren't there like four, three or four that were like, yeah, okay, I'm listening. And then there was like that one guy that was like, ah, this will never work. You know, I don't want, I don't want to be that guy, that girl. And I surely don't want like our patrons and the brand family members who really pay attention to what we're talking about here. I don't want that to pass you by. So at least listen to what we're saying. Okay. So you don't want to be the guy that you're, you God love your 78 year old and 80 year old that you, you, you told them about it. Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, so I did. And, and, you know, I try to put my money where my mouth is. So for my nieces and nephews, I gave them certain cryptocurrencies. And I set, I asked my sisters to, to open uphold accounts so that I could transfer crypto into their accounts. And I you said, can do that? Oh yeah. Oh, you can do so much with it. You can buy currencies from around the world, dozens and dozens of different countries. You can buy a lot of different cryptocurrencies. You can even buy gold and silver and platinum. And in some places you can even buy stocks. And you can pay with it. Here's something that will blow your mind. Wow. Two years ago, I used my Uphold debit card 
that I had cryptocurrencies on and I had gold on. And I went, I was at work and we went to, to have lunch, pulled out, it's a, a debit MasterCard. Mm-hmm. I pulled it out and I paid for lunch with gold. Shut up. It came out of my gold account in Uphold. The merchant got dollars, just like if they would if any other MasterCard user. But I, but it came out of my gold account. I could have spent crypto. I could have spent, I could have spent euros. I could, that's the cool thing. It's anything to anything. I don't know how they do it. It's like magic. Okay, so I have a question. Before I ask my question. I'm bringing in my cousin who's going to get his butt kicked about. <laughs> I'm experiencing technical guilt. Terry, you asshole. Oh, All the way goodness. from Las Vegas, you asshole. I am so luckily, sorry. Luckily, hey, I'm envious of your hat. That's an awesome hat. XRP, I got Ripple, you know. Oh, there you go. We five, haven't even eight. gotten there yet. We're we haven't get, even gotten there we're yet. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It's been me talking out my ass for the last 23 minutes. <laughs> oh, I apologize, you guys, so, so good, much. Bro. I'm so sorry good. about that. Let me ask you a question, though, Mark, because you say, okay, so I paid for it with, with gold at lunch, or mm-hmm. I could have paid for it with cryptocurrency. Okay, dipshit me here, the ignorant one. I immediately think, well, could you – like, in my mind, I hear that, and I think, oh, well, what if you paid $100 in – uh, in cryptocurrency, but then like the next minute, like it went down and now you're negative. So then our, I'm thinking overdraft fees. Like, can you explain like, there aren't I, any, you it's see what I'm saying, though? It's, like, yeah, it's, it's a debit system. There aren't any, but, if here's, the money, but here's, here's how wild it could be. Okay. One of the things and we haven't talked about this yet, but, but it applies mm-hmm. to inter, the entertainment community and to the athletic community, non-fungible tokens. Big words, but basically it means you can tokenize anything and sell it and spend it. So like we talked about if I had a house or, or if I had a, uh, an apartment building or a commercial real estate, um, I could put it on the blockchain, basically tokenize it, and then I can spend against it. So if I go, say, say I've got nothing left but my uphold card and my uphold account. It doesn't matter what's in there, what form it's in there. If it's in uh, silver or if it's in XRP, which is a cryptocurrency, or if it's in dollars or if it's in um, stock in some company, I can still spend it. I could go down to the 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee with it. I'm I could go pay my mortgage with it. It's, it's, it, allow, it allows this fluidity across the market so you're not locked into one thing. It, it's absolutely mind blowing. Where does that money so, come from? It's digital currency. Like I don't get that. And then well, I want to so, hear your story. Yeah. So, so if you've got a debit card in your wallet right now, you can go spend on that card, right? As long as you got the dollars in your account. Yes. Are there really dollars in your account? No. There are just digits on a computer. And when you swipe the card, the system links back to your your bank. And says, hey, does she have $10 to spend? The bank says yes, and it allows you to make the purchase. It's no different. It all gets digitized. And, and okay, some of it's kind of magic, but but that really is how it works. You. <laughs> I'm back. I magically Terry's reappeared, back. just like Terry's- XRP on your ledger. T- yeah, That's Terry's- right. It's always there. 
Even if you lose your keys, it's still there. You just need Um, a validator. That's right. Validator node. Terry, let let Mark just give us a brief rundown of his story because this is where we are in the show, and then you can you you can drive the rest of the way because I'm just you know doing my thing. Um, Mark, how? First off, you sent me a lot of really interesting pictures. It seems as though Mark is friend to all. Like you just know all. Mark's got a serious. We call it rub. We call it a rub in the wrestling business. Mark has a serious rub with pretty much every celebrity that's out there. Who who are you, Mark? Like where where do you come from? Like I see some military background. Can we talk about this? Like how did this all start for you, and why are you so wise and so magical? I'm not. I'm not wise. I'm. Uh... You know how Forrest Gump was lucky, right? He just sort of bumbled into the right places at the right time. That's I, I kind of bumble around like Forrest Gump. Okay. And, and end up in some interesting places, like on this show, right? Couldn't have planned it, but here I am. <laughs> um, so in a nutshell, I, I spent a uh, career in the Air Force. Um, oh. Did 26 right. years in the Air Force, which nice. got to, you know got me around the world and to uh, six deployments and seeing a lot of stuff. Um, when I retired from the Air Force, I uh, was in Washington, and I I had spent my whole adult life in the military, and I was kind of interested in, well, how does business work? How does the nonprofit world work? Um, but I really liked the mission of the military and the fact that everybody sort of pulled together. You knew you're on one team and, yeah, and what's going that for all one about? goal. The U.S. needs to learn about that, Mark. I tell you what, it, well, it's it's shocking when you get out of the military and you go into like the civilian world, job wise. Oh, backstabbing and don't get me going. And, uh, don't yeah, get me going. Like, yeah. So anyway, I was. It was that mission focus that that really attracted me to the nonprofit world, and so I went over um, and I did that. I worked for the USO, supporting uh, uh, military families around the world. Okay. Um, and that's where a lot of the entertainment tours uh, oh, took place. So we would take okay. we would take entertainers, you know, to Iraq and Afghanistan, or down to uh, around the country, or to the Pacific. Um, and then when I left there, I went to uh, Conservation International. We also uh, worked with a lot of celebrities. Uh, I, I sent you a picture of Harrison Ford. He was uh, uh, vice chairman of our board or the co-chairman of our board. Um, and uh, when I left there, I went to the Smithsonian's Institution's National Zoo, which didn't have as many celebrities, but it had, you know, pandas and, and uh, cool animals. So, <laughs> um, And then I came back to government and, uh, and work, came back to the Department of Defense, which is where I am now, which not nearly as many celebrities. Um, Gerard Butler is probably the last one that uh, we had anything to do with, but... Anyway, it's been sort of a charmed existence. And so where does cryptocurrency come into all of this? Well, okay, so the short version of that story is I had heard of, like everybody else, I had heard of Bitcoin, you know, for a couple of years, and I just kind of ignored it. Um, I I don't know why. I I like technology, but it had never really gotten my attention. And then on Thanksgiving in 2017, um, our kids were home from – uh, from somewhere in school, somewhere off working, but everybody was home. And, uh, and the guys were sitting around and they were talking about Bitcoin and they're talking about all these, you know, these other cryptocurrencies. What guys? And, uh, well, my son and my two sons-in-law. Okay. 
And, uh, and so they were like, my son's in California. He works for Apple. Um, and then uh, son-in-law is down in Richmond, Virginia. And another son-in-law was in the Marine Corps uh, down in North Carolina. But everybody was home for this Thanksgiving. And so I overhear them talking about Bitcoin and how it's going up. And, and uh, they're talking about all these other cryptocurrencies. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And I'm like, oh, you got to check this out. And, uh, and it was going up like by the minute. And so we're looking on some of the exchanges online and it was literally going up by the minute. And they're like, we're making money hand over fist here. And I'm like, how do I get in? And, well, what, first, what is it? And then how do I get in? And uh, so long story short, we, you know, we, we got in whatever way we could. And it was tough then. It was really hard to even get an account on any of the exchanges. Um, now, through companies like Uphold, it's super easy. But at the Use time... Use Mark's Uphold link. He's not on here for you guys. And, People come on here. Yeah, so Use his link. Yeah, so I'll get a little bit of money. But it, but if you don't want to do that, that's cool. Still go to Uphold. Just just go to the App Store and find it. It's the easiest one to use. There's a bunch of really good ones. For me, it's the easiest one to use. I so anyway, signed up I for sort of... Uphold debit card. That's right. So basically, that's kind of the... Um, if you've ever watched The Matrix, you got the red pill, blue pill, and that was my red pill moment. And it's like, okay, well, this is interesting, and so I started doing research. Fast forward, I look back three and a half years, and I've spent two to three hours every single – like my wife's ready to kill me because I spend so much time doing it. But two to three hours every single day doing research, and there's so much information. Things are happening so quickly. It's almost impossible to keep up with it. Hmm. So when I said it's one of the reasons people really don't like it or or hesitant to get in, it's because part of the reason is because it's so overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Um, there are there are some projects that are really in the headlines, like Dogecoin. Everybody's mm-hmm. heard of Dogecoin. Elon Musk tweets about it on the daily, um, and Bitcoin, of course, and Ethereum and all that. Um, But there are some that have incredible fundamentals. So if you look at the business case that some of these projects are going after, um, the potential market is massive. I'm trillions and trillions of dollars. And so if they're just a little bit successful and you've invested in that, then the return on investment can be massive. The keys are here here are the keys. This this is what I've learned over the, the last three years. Pick a solid project. Invest where you can and be patient. When so you I see so pick, many. When you say pick a solid project that in layperson's terms, what does that mean? Pick- that means one that has a good business model that has, for me, that means the business they're trying to solve is, um, or the problem they're trying to solve for, for business makes sense. That it's a legitimate problem. It's going to, that if somebody has a solution, that's going to be worth something to somebody. Um, that they've got a good, solid leadership team. That they've got good partnerships. Um, and that the technology makes sense. So I don't have any Bitcoin. I used to, um, but I don't have any anymore. And the reason is, as I started looking at the technology and how expensive it was to run that system, and the energy consumption that it takes to run that system, I said, I, you know, as an environmentalist, I can't do that. But 
as a just as an investor, it doesn't make sense because I think at some point um, the the environmental impact is going to drive the cost up and probably get governments involved taxing it or regulating it or something Proof to the point where it, it just doesn't work. Right. Um, so, so I got away from those. So there's, there's a short list that, that I would say unequivocally, absolutely check out. Number one, let's see the hat. See your hat, bro. There you go. Number XRP, one baby. is XRP. It's, it's uh, associated with a company called Ripple. If you don't buy anything else, Get some XRP. That's what I told my parents. That's what I told my kids. That's what I gave to my nieces and nephews and my grandkids. Get some XRP. Stash it away somewhere safe and forget you got it. Because that's the last sort of key to this is be patient. People that jump in and say, hey, I'm going to be rich tomorrow. You know, I'm putting $100 in. I'm going to be a millionaire next week. That's not going to happen. It doesn't happen anywhere in the world, certainly not if you're doing you know, things legal. Um, so you, you put in what you can afford to put in. You put it into good projects, and you just be patient. And so I went in, and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach this as a five-year plan. This was three years ago. I'm going to put in as much as I can. I'm going to continue doing research. And as I learn more, I'm going to adjust where I'm making investments. And I'm committed to sticking this out for five years. And let's see what happens. And if it goes to zero, okay, that's fine. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I had a, my grandfather was from Chicago, grew up during the Depression, fought in World War II. He used to tell me this story about all the time about how he had an opportunity to invest in Holiday Inn when they were first getting started. And the moral of the story was, if I had just made the investment, we'd be rich. But it's in that woulda, coulda, shoulda. But for him, it was a lifelong regret. And I said, all right, well, I see this thing coming. I see that it has the power to transform everything, all kinds of business, all kinds of personal interaction, everything. Um, And there's huge money to be made in it. I would rather risk some than not risk it and have that lost opportunity and be kicking myself for the rest of my life. I don't want to be 80 and looking back on it going, man, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I don't want that to happen. I'd rather lose it all than to, than to have that regret. So You're a different kind of bird. And so is my cousin, <laughs> Terry, who joins us from from somewhere, someplace. I'm he, somewhere where the internet doesn't work and uh, I'm locked out of Apple passwords. That's that, where I'm at. Well, you did, you did great. And Terry, I want to uh, allow you to ask some questions and don't fire hose everybody with your, Terry has done really well in this space and yeah. he's one of my, I don't even know how I'm related to him because he's brilliant as I float around in the <laughs> entertainment world. Terry's got some questions for you, Mark. And before you do that though, Terry, I was going to say, uh, could, Mark, would you explain to me, because I was like, I'm going to ask Mark these questions because I don't understand what my cousin's saying when he talks about how do you know, like, I I mean, I just hear Bitcoin. I don't think of energy that it takes to make it. Or like, I, explain what, what you're even talking about with that. Like, or how do Start I find right. out if XRP, like, what do you mean? What kind of company is like, I just thought it's digital currency and 
how I've never other other than talking to my cousin and you, I've never even heard of that before. No one that's in, in, investing in anything or that knows anything about cryptocurrency has ever talked about well the energy and sustainable and like my brain is like what is that? I'm trying to understand it. I'll Great let, point, absolutely. Terry. I'll let Mark handle that, but I'm just give you a little bit of an idea. The energy consumption comes in with the uh, mining pools that are needed to mine more Bitcoin. So Mine there's what, huge Terry? mining what, pools what in it? places like China. Uh, it's a series of computer network hooked up trying to un, um, unlock these algorithms, equations to get the value and unlock a Bitcoin. And and it, the validation is all these different computers. No one can take away from it, but it but it's all these series of computers and it sucks all that energy. So you have to have cheap energy source. So in China, where they don't really have, you know, a whole lot of consideration for human rights or they can just do whatever they want, cheap sources of electricity, they can have an advantage. And a place like the United States where we care about where we get our energy from and just the environment, we we have issues with that. So there could be, you know, issues with I'll let Mark take that a little further and expand upon that. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So before we do that, let's let's give a, a real quick uh, explanation of what blockchain is. It's a it's a database. Okay, so if you oh, think about okay. think right. about this, and <laughs> you're a you're a shopkeeper or a shop owner, and you own a general store back in the old west, right? And you get supplies in, and you write them in your big your big ledger, right? You write down, hey, I got 20 pounds of flour and I got, you know, uh, 50 pounds of sugar and you write it in there. And then as you sell it, you write in another column what you sold and how much money you took in. Right. And that's how you keep track of what came in and what went out. Supplies and money. Um, When we moved into computers, you had the same thing, but it was in a database. But the database, just like the ledger, is in one place. And so if your store burns or somebody steals your ledger, you have no record of anything. Even when we move to computers, if your computer crashes or burns up or somebody steals it or you have a flood, you have no record of anything. Now think about if you took that that, um, electronic database, just like you have in all of our computers, um, and you, you put it online, and you had a whole network of computers scattered around the world, and each one's keeping copies of it so that any one computer can get taken out, but the, the whole ledger, the integrity of it exists. So it basically um, disaster-proofs your, your records. Now, if you, if you then use that same ledger and you came up with an algorithm that said, okay, I'm keeping a copy of the ledger. You're keeping, we're each keeping copies of the ledger. Well, how do we know that all the copies agree and that they're all legitimate? What if I start putting in fake entries and try to game the system? Like the double spend problem. Like the double spend problem. So, hey, if I, if I send you a bill um, and, you know, for $10 and you pay me for something I'm selling and I send Terry the same bill for $10 for the same item, I got two. I got twenty dollars, but only one of you is getting the item because there's only one of them. So you wanna you wanna be able to make sure that whatever information is in the ledger in this database is real, 
And that so you have a network distributed around the world of computers that are all continuously checking each other to make sure that the database they're maintaining together is accurate and legitimate. And the way they do that is through an algorithm. And there are different algorithms. So the very first kind of algorithm was called proof of work. And it basically required every computer on the network to maintain a record of the entire ledger of transactions all the way back to day one, which on day one is easy. But, you know, 10 years into it, that's a lot of data to be processing. And then and after so, halvings and things like that, we'll get into the having thing too, I guess. A little right. Bit. So it, it become it's not sustainable. So they came up with a different approach called uh, proof of stake. Um, that was better, but still not perfect. And so what the folks, it? It, it basically means um, if I'm part of the system, I've I've staked some of my value. So if let's say this is the um, Ethereum system. So I've 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 bought some Ethereum, uh, some Ethereum, and I've staked it. Basically, I've got skin in the game. And so, if my um, if something happens with my uh, computer, and and I get caught cheating, then I stand to lose some of it. So, but and it's it is more energy efficient than say a proof of work system like Bitcoin. And they but use like still, a consensus model in a validator. And then they, they said, the right, well, trust, right? that's right. And so in the proof of stake and in the proof of work, the, the incentive for people to operate these computers and pay those huge electric bills is that you're going to get a reward every time there's a new record added to the chain, added to the ledger. The new record is a block. The ledger is the chain. And so you keep adding blocks to the chain. That's a bigger ledger. That's also the blockchain. Um, but these these brilliant folks at Ripple came up with this new approach, and they said, "Look, it's it's great that people are incentivized to maintain these computers that run the network, um, but the best way would be if you didn't need an incentive all, at all. That that nobody had to get paid because their their vested interest in being able to use the network is what." gets them to continue to run the computers that make the network possible. Like market so it, makers, for instance, right? That's right. And so they came up with a new algorithm called proof of consensus. And essentially all it, and there are different types of it, but essentially all it does is it, it makes sure that all the computers agree without, um, without having to replicate the entire ledger every single time. So it's much faster it's much more energy efficient. I mean, fractions less. Fra- just they're not even close. So if you think about the energy that Bitcoin uses, Bitcoin, the Bitcoin system every year uses more energy than the entire nation of Denmark. Yep. It's or crazy. Scotland or Greece or pick another small country. That's not sustainable. And on top of that, it's slow. And then just the mining fees. They have to, the people, all these computers that are hooked up mining Bitcoin, they have to make their their money to mine it. So they have to charge these expensive fees and it's slow. It can never be used for payments like Ripple where it's XRP, but it's fast, immediate. You can settle in three seconds. Yeah, that's absolutely right. 
Um, so that's kind of what the blockchain is. That was like a grossly oversimplified version of no, it. No, it's still, it's still because I still don't. I still don't understand when you talk about mining. I'm thinking like physically mining something <laughs> when you're not. I'm still. You're, you're I'm not. You're. You're not. You're just running a bunch of computers. And when I say a bunch, I'm talking about like a warehouse full, thousands of computers, um, just trying to be. And but then the way the the Bitcoin blockchain works is everybody doesn't get paid. Only the computer that. Unlocks settled the, the unlocks the next block. Gets so where paid. does your money come from that you're getting this money from? It, it is, it's out of nowhere, but it's people are agreeing that it has value, and you have exchanges that are selling it, and it's decentralized. Basically, inherently, it's decentralized because no government can really shut it down. Well, at least right. you know, as of now, they don't have a way to shut it down. That's right. Or, so if you're a blockchain, if you're a a Bitcoin miner. And you're and and because only one computer is going to solve the next block, they they basically play the odds by getting as many computers together in one mining pool as possible. So okay. they're more likely hence to the be, electricity. Right. Hence, hence electricity. the thousands of computers you're running require a ton of electricity to run them, plus a ton more to keep them cool because they generate so much heat. Um, and the way they get paid is they're mining Bitcoin, which means when they get paid, when they when they mine that next block on the chain, they get paid in Bitcoin. Well, you can't generally go down and buy groceries with Bitcoin in most places. So what do they do? They immediately sell the Bitcoin on the exchange and they sell it for dollars or yuan or whatever you know the currency is for the country they're in. But where do those dollars come from? They come from you and me buying Bitcoin on the exchanges. So where the when you ask where does the money come from, it comes from us. Okay. <laughs> so no, it's making uh, more sense. I see yeah, why people so, don't want to do all this. It's too much for most people. At the end of the day, just want to do that. A lot of people I find uh, just you know different folks, different strokes for different folks. You know, everybody wants everything, but they don't want to put the time or the work in. And I know your wife's with your 2.5 hours a day, Mark, and Terry, you're out of your mind with the research that you did and that you do. Um, the people don't want to put the, the work in, but like you have to expand your brain and your mind to more than just wrestling and more than just video games and listening to, to what's out there. And I think for me being an entertainer, because I chose to give up full scholarships, Terry, to three different schools, full ride. It just wasn't for me. Like I, I'm a free spirit and I'm somebody like Mark said that would rather just have gambled and lost than never have gambled at all. Like I don't ever want to miss out or think I didn't try. And, and the thing is, is with this, I mean, you don't have to invest a hundred or 200 or $500,000 when you bought the money, when you bought the the gifts for your uh, nieces and nephews, how much did you invest, Mark? Like, I mean, if you don't mind sharing, like approximately how much it, is a good, good it, start? It depended on on whether it was like a, everybody was getting a Christmas gift or it was an individual birthday gift. So it'd be like 50 or or $100 each oh, time. Oh, wow. Okay, that's very yeah. reasonable. Oh, yeah, it's not a huge amount. A little and, bit at a time, too, you know, through time. That's that's You want right. to accumulate things as you go. And don't every payday. build it in one night, you know. That's right. Every pay for me for like the last three and a half years, every payday, boom, a little bit more goes in. It's not a huge amount every time, but it's consistent, right? And so over time, it adds up. 
So, and as the Fed keeps printing money, they're not necessarily <laughs> right. making more and more bitcoins That's right. or That's XRPs. Right. There's a finite amount. Right. Already. So the, the, there's only as many as there will ever be. So that's why I would say um, if I had had a cheat sheet when I first started, if somebody had sat me down and said, look, you know, it, go and do all the research. That's great. The more you understand it, the better. But if I could give you a cheat sheet, here's what I would tell you. If I could go back and talk to myself three years ago, this is what I would say. Get accounts on multiple exchanges, but absolutely just so you have multiple on and off ramps. Just so you have options. And maybe but a larger NOS offline cold storage yep, wallet. Absolutely. Um, get an account at Uphold. Um, th- buy a small group of cryptocurrencies. For me, um, there's like eight, but by far number one is XRP. XLM, Stellar Lumens, is another one. Uh, VeChain, VET, is another one. And, I, and I'm happy to give you the whole list. But just focus on those, put in what I can, you know, periodically, consistently. Don't get tempted to sell it. The market goes down, great. That means what, next time I buy, I get more of them. The market goes up, that's cool watching the value go up, but I'm not spending it. Um, and just let it ride because I have this vision for the future. I, I think I know where it has the potential to go and it's really big. So I'm along for that ride. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever dips and valleys and, and peaks we go over, whatever turns we go around, I'm along for that ride. Should you, um, be, should be, should you be afraid of that? Like, I'm Terry, I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm pretty chill chick. But, like, you know, the first night that Terry told me about Uphold, um, you know, it was like I made 70-some dollars, 82 bucks, whatever like mm-hmm. that. And then, like, Terry, today it's like, you know, that the things that we talked about went down. You know, so it's like. You just like chill, right? Like, just give me the layperson's like and way. Crypto, of- you wanna you wanna welcome that. That's a buying opportunity. That's right. It buy is. the dips. When everybody's crying, you should be buying. That's, That's our I absolutely buy the dips. So when you know in the stock market, if you saw a day where something goes down twenty percent, people are freaking out. They're thinking about jumping out of the windows. That's when Warren and, Buffett's buying. You know, that's absolutely when he's buying because people are terrified. 20% drop in the crypto market, uh, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, that, that's, that's nothing. nothing. That's nothing at all. Yeah. And, and the reason is there's all that volatility in large part because, one, it's still a relatively small market, even though it's $2.3 trillion. And it's still um, relatively new. And so there's a lot of people speculating. There's a lot of people trading. And so you've got these wild swings up and down. If you're in it for the long haul, it goes up 20%, goes down 20%. I don't care. Um, I actually do care, but not for the reason that most people do. As Terry said, it goes down 20%. My brain now goes, ooh, I can get some more. You can get more coins. It's on sale. Right? Yeah, here's right. one of the freaky – here's one of the things that peop, that where people's brains – I don't understand how they work. So if you go to a car lot, <laughs> are you wanting to go pay sticker price? No, you want to get a deal. You want to pay less, right? If you're going to the store, you probably want to go because there's a sale because you want to pay less. But in the stock market and investing, including in cryptos, 
People don't feel comfortable buying these things unless the price is going up. And then when it's at its highest, like when Bitcoin went to 20,000, 30,000, people were tripping over themselves to buy it. It's All like, the celebrities are talking about it. Elon Musk is twi- twittering on it. You know, it's just. Yeah. So it's this weird sort of dynamic. But when it's going up like crazy, that's when I'm thinking, you know what? I might, I might be done yeah. buying for a while. When it's crashing, if I believe in the project, if I right. believe in the problem, if I understand and believe in the problem they're trying to solve, and I think they've got a good uh, potential to do it, it goes down. I just see it as a buying opportunity. That's all. We want to um, follow but- Mark. We want to follow Mark at, under- Mark at underscore Phillips because you do talk a lot about what what what's surrounding it which i didn't understand until now but you you do offer a lot of valuable information and engage with mark on that happy to yeah hook me up or hit me up on uh on twitter and uh i'll share whatever information i can well no you oh, already you- you're already sharing it bro That's already <laughs> nobody needs to be bugging you unless they got your link <laughs> well, well and if this, mark if is seriously- very gracious on twitter and interacts with people and is very knowledgeable and helpful and not too uh good for anyone very there is, this is another thing I would plug, and there's no money involved at all. If you're interested in this and you're at all interested in XRP, there is a crazy community on Twitter. It's the best place to get information. And they're, they're supportive. They're welcoming. They'll help you avoid scams. They'll help you learn. They'll, they'll point you to the right resources. I've seen it. You know, they, they take people under their wing every single day. And help them out. It, it really is a welcoming community, and it's growing really quickly. So, just search on, just search on on uh, Twitter for uh, for XRP. Terry, ask a few questions that you had. So many beautiful questions all written out before you had technical difficulties, and then Mark will totally respect your time. And just I, I thank you so much. This is the first one of I know many different podcasts, and please come on again as I. Uh, find and reach out to people that speak your language. You know, I'm just a nucleus to get it, to get it out there. Cause people, I don't know why they listen to what I have to say, but, but they do. So Terry, you know, way more than I could ever hope to, but you have great questions that you had prepared for Mark. Um, just with what you've heard, can you tailor a few of the questions to kind of cherry pick them so that it makes sense with wh- where we've been so far in the journey? Well, like okay. Just, maybe a little bit about the XRP ledger and what it does for payments, why it's, why it's so good for payments and cheap for a company to send like a million dollars of American dollars and to Australia and Australia gets what they want. We get what we want on this side and settles immediately and on demand liquidity, maybe a little bit about that. Sure. And uh, why, why XRP could be designed to go to 10,000, and maybe like the, the Federal Reserve and how it could be used to get rid of debt, possibly, you know, if you put your tinfoil hat on for a minute. You know. <laughs> and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> so I, uh, sometimes I play one on the Internet, but I'm not. Um, yeah. So one of the cool things about uh, Ripple, the company, is they've approached this whole thing holistically. So one of the first things they did is they created this thing called the Interledger Protocol. Um, And if you think, well, okay, that's really technical and wonky. I don't care. Um, The technology that we're using right now uses protocols. 
um, we send an email. It uses the simple mail transfer protocol, SMTP. Um, when we when we move files back and forth on computers between each other, it's got the file transfer protocol, the FTP. When we open a website, a web page, uh, it's the HTTP, the Hypertext Trans Transfer Protocol. I think is what it is. Um, so, but basically, there are these standard protocols that we use around the world that make the internet work. Well, the folks at Ripple came up with this new protocol called the Interledger Protocol. And so we talked earlier about having these electronic ledgers that form a blockchain. Well, it's great, but just like uh, email wasn't so great when you're – if I'm on AOL and you're on Yahoo and those, those two systems don't talk to each other, I can't send you an email unless we have some kind of protocol that allows those systems to, to work together. And that's what the Interledger Protocol does. It allows any two ledgers on any systems around the world to interoperate. And that's what can connect up things like Visa and MasterCard and banks and, um, and governments and allow this value to flow through all kinds, to and from all kinds of ledgers. Which basically kind of operated right on SWIFT, the old plumbing, so to speak. That, like, that's absolutely right. So SWIFT is the way you move money around between banks in different countries right now. That technology was created around 1970. It has a huge error rate and it's slow. It might take several days for your money to go from, from you know, here to Germany, say. Um, and so much so that the fastest way to move, say, $10,000 between the U.S. and Germany is to buy a ticket on an airline shove the money in a briefcase and hand yep. carry it there. Well, that's insane. When we can move movies and music and intellectual property and everything else around the world instantly for free on the internet, why can't we do the same thing with money? The internet so these guys, of value. <laughs> these guys at Ripple came up with this internet of value and they said, all right, we're going to develop the full system. And it starts with a protocol that everybody can use, but we're not going to keep it for ourselves. They gave it to the W3C, which is the governing body for the entire internet. And they said, we're going to give this to you. It's open source. Anybody can use it. And now it's public domain. Nobody pays us to use it. Nobody has to get our permission. Use it. It's They gave it to the world. And then they came up with this XRP ledger. And the native token on that is XRP, which already existed. Um, and as Terry was saying, instead of paying, um, you know, twenty, fifty dollars to move, or or maybe more to move big chunks of money uh, internationally, and it taking days, and there being you know a five to seven percent error rate, in which case nobody knows where the money went or where it is. Which the is a big problem in the currency exchange and everything. Ab absolutely. So if the dollar goes down or up, somebody's losing money in the process. It, it's just bad all the way around. It's antiquated. They came up with a system where where you can move literally millions of dollars in three seconds for less than a penny, and it's a hundred percent auditable. It's a hundred percent transparent. So everybody who's participating, I'm sending you. A million dollars. You get it in three seconds at, at max. But you also know exactly where it is in the system. 
you can see that I sent it. I can see that you got it. Everybody's good. Um, and it only took, you know, three seconds and cost less than a penny. That itself can revolutionize um, revolutionize how business is done. Why would they offer that for nothing then? Why well, is it because it's it's part of this full system that now it sounds like I'm selling Ripple products, <laughs> but right, uh, it's this full system that Ripple is offering to banks and businesses and government. So if you think about you're a, an, a big major bank, right, and your customers come to you and they say their businesses and they you know they are buying products or selling products overseas, and so if you're buying something overseas. You can't just send the dollars over there because they're not going to take the dollars. They're going to want their local currency. And so for the banks to be able to do this business, they've got to park um, some – they've got to buy those kind of – like say we're sending money to, to Germany, for example. Germany uses the euro. So if I'm going to – if my bank is going to send money to a customer in Germany, the German bank doesn't want to take – my dollars. The German bank wants to get paid in euros because that's what they use. And so for that to work, I've got to go pre-buy a bunch of euros and park them in the German bank just on the offhand chance that I might need to send some, one of my customers might need to send some money over there. And the German bank has to buy dollars and park them in my bank. And none of us get to use that money. It is captured capital. And it's sitting there. Nobody can use it for loans. Nobody can use it for businesses or investments or anything. It's just dormant. And it's trillions of dollars that are just sitting there. And nobody can use it for liquidity. So so, Ripple wants to be the VHS then? Yeah, absolutely. Well, not only – here's the weird thing about this is they are the better technology and they're first to the market for this. So that's that's part of the, the secret sauce they've got. The only um, thing they've really upgraded is the messaging service this, that goes back right. and forth. But everything else is still old plumbing, basically. Yeah, it's it's absolutely old plumbing. And so there's a lot of resistance to it. You ask, you know, opening question, why do people hate it so much? Part of the reason they hate it is it threatens to disrupt banking. And so if you're a big bank and you're looking at this and you're going, how do we make money on this? And if we're not sure we're going to be able to make money on it, I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. So until they were ready to make money on it, they were putting up walls and saying, whoa, 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 we're not sure this is good. And that's when you were seeing the stories about, oh, a cryptocurrency is only used on Silk Road to, to buy drugs and, and, uh, and fund terrorism. Well, that's not really true. Even though it's it, open source blockchain, right? <laughs> right. And you can see, you know, the government can go in and look at every single transaction and know what account it went from, what account it went to, when it happened, how much money moved, and all that. And one way they can do that is by running validator nodes, which is basically a computer in the network, which is open source. And in fact, the U.S. Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve have validator nodes on the XRP system. So if you're a business, that's great because you know you want... You want the surety that the system that you're using to, to conduct your business is going to pass muster with the government, and it's not going to come in and get shut down, right? It's not going to have an FBI raid and everything gets cut off, and all of a sudden 
your business is gone. You know, it's like building a video business. If the platform you're on all of a sudden shuts down, you're out of luck because your audience is gone. Your distribution platform is gone. Your, your archive of material is gone. All that investment that you've made to build all that up is gone. And so having the government involved from the beginning gives you that confidence that that's not going to happen. And so that's what Ripple did by going and working with the government from the very beginning. I love and it. And they're still fighting them, but well, well, that's the nature of the beast when you that's right. battle with the that's big right. boys, right? You guys, we that's have to right. watch our time. Respect Mark, respect Terry. We thank you for, you know, coming along on this very, very first random ride of goofy questions from me. But, you know, at the end, the take home, the golden take home is cryptocurrency is here to stay and, you know, do a little bit of research every day. If you have uh, if you have a paycheck, which if you're lucky during the pandemic, uh, take take some of it and invest in some of the things. We won't make Mark recap everything, but go back, listen to this again and notepad, old school, on your phone, whatever you want to do, and listen to uh, l- listen to the advice that that he and, and Terry have have given, and and give it a give it a whirl. Like uh, uphold. There's the link. I'm telling you because it, this because this is what I did, and this is what I'm doing. And get the app. Put a little bit in. Remember the wonderful analogy and the great story about the car lot, and you don't want to pay sticker price, and if it's twenty percent down, and Remember what Mark is saying about a five-year plan. And again, this is gambling, which you guys all do with other things, but it's it's got a pretty good return. So, you know, like I said, it's here to stay. I'm so excited to introduce this to anybody that's listening that's just kind of wondered, or a lot of people are afraid to ask stupid questions. I'm not. I could care less. I've got confidence <laughs> for days. I don't care how dumb that I look or how ignorant or uneducated. If I can walk away with something that I learned, then that's a win for me. So I, I won't say I hope, I expect, and I know that all of you have learned something. And we just thank Mark so much for his vast knowledge. And again, follow him on Twitter and his link is in his bio. And I say this because I don't itch my nose. I don't like to waste people's time or, you know, we have so many great guests coming on these podcasts. We have to have something on there that they get something out of it as well. So if you're going to go do an uphold, I'm telling you, do it with, do it with Mark. And I, and I appreciate you for that. And we have a couple of discord groups tonight for our patrons tonight. And I'm going to be sharing that in there as well, Mark. I just think it's really important that people open their eyes and their minds to, to what's going on. I really do. Do you have any closing thoughts or things that we can do to help you? Either one of you. Yeah, absolutely. Goldie, thank you so much for having me on. Terry, it's great to, great to visit with you. Um, I'm happy to help anybody. If you, if you have questions about it, if you're interested in it, like I said, Twitter's the best, the best way. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll share with you. I'll answer any question you have. I'll share with you, um, you know, what I'm personally invested in and what I would recommend and why. Um, and you don't have to go all the way down the rabbit hole by yourself, but, uh, it, it's a tremendous opportunity. I, I can Hopefully, my excitement came through. Oh, so. you're you are an absolute delight, bro. Like, Thanks, not Mark. Out, you bailed me out, out. I, with my technical difficulties. I'm really sorry, you guys. I, I finally got in there. I'm sorry about that today. It's I apologize, Terry, Terry. This is all possible because of you, and because of you with your uh, enthusiasm and posting about cryptocurrency. Your whole wall is just a fest. I won't say that word. That's inappropriate. Uh, something fest of crypto. And I wouldn't have known about any of it 
unless, you know, you put it out there. And then when you were so passionate and excited about Mark and saying, like, I, I follow this guy and like, that's how that's how things start. And, and that is how things do not end up with if I would have, could have, should have is by opening up the floor to conversations. Be vulnerable. What, what's the, you know, I wish everybody could have had my crotchety, depressing <laughs> dad, you know, you know, my dad, Terry, my mom used to call him the prophet of, oh, the prophet of gloom, your father, the prophet of doom. I mean, my dad is kind of pessimistic, but, but, you know, I wish that everybody would have, would have had that because it just opens the floor to like, I'll ask anything. I don't care. Like he taught me a long time ago, Terry, when I was doing pageants and all of that, like, what's the worst that somebody can say to you is no. And what's the worst that can happen is somebody laughs at you or, or you lose a friend or nowadays you get ghosted. Like it's brutal. What can happen to you these days compared to back in our day, it, nothing can happen to you other than you spend some money and completely lose it, which not all three of us would not be on here today if if that was the case so it's just like ask questions don't bug mark but ask questions the xrp community is filled with people that would love to help you it's a great well, community absolutely true because they're passionate about something that's working and is here to stay and everybody out there isn't a greedy son of a bitch everybody <laughs> out there isn't doesn't have an agenda most do but everybody doesn't so, you know, gamble on that odd that maybe the person that you're talking to in that community that they're talking about, very welcoming, you know, is is there to help you. And, and and let me ask a really stupid question, but like the better this all does, like the more education and the better it all does, then doesn't it just benefit the people that have already invested in it? Of course Absolutely. it does. Of course it does. The more yeah. I found out over the last three years, the more convinced I've been, I've become that one, it's a real thing. And two, it is here to stay. And three, it's going places. So and what gives us value, you know, as something is that we have an ecosystem mm -hmm. and we're all a part of it and it's growing. And there's companies that want to invest money in it and validate these projects. That's right. So uh, last parting shot. Yes. If you've not done an NFT yet, you need to get on the NFT bandwagon. And have some NFTs. The Mannings just rolled out theirs. Um, professional athletes all over the place are rolling them out. Uh, artists are rolling them out. Um, it, they're part of NFTs, non-fungible tokens. But check it out and get involved in it. That's going to absolutely explode. Who would you suggest right now? What NFT would I be looking at? Um, well, you create your own, and some of them can be, you know, artwork. Some of them can be music, things like that. We can talk about that later. But oh, please come uh, on again. <laughs> let me figure out what I can do back for you. I appreciate yeah. you. We're gonna sign off because we went over our time because you're amazing, Terry. Thank you so much for bringing this person, this human, this wonderful human to to my attention, and for having him on. A very random. Like we don't do anything like this on. Russo's brand. I'm sure. Thank you. And thank you, Mark, for bailing me out today. I appreciate it. <laughs> it is my pleasure. Thanks for making this happen, Terry. It was You're awesome. so, so sweet. Goldie, Sign thanks for your questions. They were fantastic. Sign up. They're just simple. Lena. No, they were great. It was great. But signing off, everyone. Uh, Russo's Brand Realm Network. Thank you so much to everyone. Goldie's Closet episode 117 at the end. We always make everybody clap. Clap. Come on. Let me see your paws, Terry. Thanks, everybody.
What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Just doing the daily check-ins on Patreon. Wanted to wish you the greatest start to your week. Come on over to Patreon. We're doing a lot of customized love. We just want to make sure everybody's getting the attention that they need and deserve, and that's merited. But we still want to come by on regular social media platforms and say thank you so much for being here, both for me and for the band. Love you, and as always, stay golden.